there, Green Future Growers. Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite Android app. And let's get growing. So I think I'm going to talk about three things. And I realize I didn't bring a little notebook in here. So if you can help me remember them. Um, one, I just want to talk about like the season and like what's going on for me and my body, which is like this desire to um, cleanse, but it's totally not the right time because it's holidays. It's like kind of frustrating, like feeling like every time I eat sugar or drink alcohol, my body's like, no, <laughs> but I keep doing it because it's like holiday season. And so talking about that and how to kind of manage that, I think is really important right now. And then uh, lots of squash. Didn't been doing everything I can with pumpkins and acorn squash and butternut squash and all the things. Like did a uh, just very simple, you know, slice the acorn squash in half and roast it like about seventy five percent of the time that you would to make it like super soft. So like forty five minutes at three fifty, and then take it out. And while that's roasting saute a bunch of like root vegetables so I did beets um I think maybe it was mostly beets and onion then I did chickpeas that I had marinated in a soy sauce and uh, made this filling basically and then put that in the squash and the second time we ate it we added bacon and spinach to it as well and I think I had raisins in there so it was just this really hearty meal served in the the squash half so I think it's just one of those, another option for people to be really creative, like, okay, end of the CSA, like, ooh, I've got all this squash, like, what do I do with it? So I wanted to share that. And I, what was the third thing? I think just, I've been using a lot of cookbooks lately, and that's rare for me. So just wanting to share, I've been using Nourishing Traditions, I've been using some of the Moosewood cookbooks. I've been using um, my friend Lindsay Jean's cooking, cooking with scraps, and that's an amazing cookbook. I interviewed her on the podcast a few months ago, and that's all. Everything is basically food waste recipes. So that's been super fun to look through her book. So those are the things I had in mind. How's that sound? It sounds perfect. And I've had a lot of those issues going because, one, I've been using cookbooks. I reached out. I wish I could get the, um, uh, what's her name? Kratzen, Molly Katzen, Katzen, Molly Katzen from the uh, Moosewood restaurant on. I reached out to her once. Maybe I'm getting a little more popular. She'll come on now because um, those are my go-to cookbooks. Uh, if I get any cookbooks out of my closet at all, I do have like this one old cookbook that has my pumpkin pie recipe, which I bombed my pumpkin pies this year, but I do in the Moosewood cookbook, what I made yesterday actually is there's this recipe for Chilean squash, except for I make it with pumpkin and that comes out so good every time. Like Chilean, like the country? Yes. Okay, cool. It's really good. It's got like peppers and chili powder and eggs and cheese and corn and then lots of pumpkin. And then I even had some yams and sweet potatoes that I was kind of trying to use up that I had cooked. Um, and I put them in it this time that I had never done before. And that just kind of made it a little more um, like solid. My pumpkins this year, I, it's probably like I'm just so distracted. I wasn't paying attention cooking them. And I think I overcooked everything. 
some white pumpkin. Usually pumpkin pie is like my easiest recipe, my one go-to. Oh, and then the other thing I get out of the broccoli forest is her quiche. Crust is what I always use for a crust, whether it's a pie or a quiche or whatever, the molly cats. And the one thing I can't do with it is double it. So I have to like make the recipe, make one batch, make the recipe, make another batch, make the recipe, make another batch. Like I have to do it all like one batch at a time, but that's, I don't know. I don't have good luck doubling recipes. I'm the same, same problem with (laughs) Play-Doh. I can double the Play-Doh recipe, but I cannot, I can't, but that's it. And then like it double or whatever like I actually I think the recipe she gave me is like three because I used to make a head start and I would have to make two big batches yeah. like a coffee can full every two weeks and wow. I always had to make them separate yeah I am like the play-doh master I was gonna say, making that much play-doh I don't think I've made play-doh since I was in second grade and I can still taste it on my tongue like I know what play-doh tastes because well, homemade play-doh doesn't taste that bad the secret ingredient is cream of tartar i think but somehow yeah i'm a play-doh master i can whip up a batch of play-doh in no time uh i've only burned it like twice because it's the one thing the one the one thing about it is like if you don't do it right your pots and pans are going to be a mess but if you do it right they're easy to clean and a couple of times i had start i had to like deal with cleaning the pans to get that second batch together but yep <laughs> I love anyway, it. Yeah, but her uh, her pie crust recipe I love. So that's good to know. I I may have used I found an old Moosewood restaurant cookbook at a garage sale or a thrift store, and that's the one I was looking at a lot this fall. That inspired this the open face squash recipe. I t- I you know I changed it up a bit. I didn't use tofu. I used the chickpeas, and then we added bacon to it isn't vegetarian but you know just kind of using it as inspiration but I've been more attracted to following a recipe and I think it's maybe because this has been such a season of such intense change that I'm craving stability and almost instruction right the simplicity of being able to follow something instead of having everything be self-generated all of the time which takes a lot of energy and I love it I love being creative you know, I have umpteen business ideas and I start things and I love doing different things and being involved. But this season for me has been about grounding and connecting and, and you know, moving towards restoring my energy. And I think maybe that's why I've been drawn to the cookbooks, which is interesting. Hadn't when thought of that. Birthday? October 26th. So I just turned 34 about a month and a half ago. When's your birthday, Jackie? I'm a 100% Leo, July 31st, 31st, born right smack in the summer of love, right outside of New York City. I think that makes a big part of my personality, even though my mom completely missing the whole thing, but I think I just picked up on it in her belly. She's hysterical. (laughs) Uh, But it makes me super passionate, but then also like you know anything you're passionate about you have lots of ups and lots of I don't know my life's like a roller coaster (laughs) I think that might be life you know I almost think that folks for whom it doesn't feel that way are you know either they are just good at like letting things roll off and being really focused but I think that's life like seasonal change which is something else I want to talk about um life is constantly changing. And if we're really sensitive, which I know I am, and I have to 
be intentional about not being overstimulated, which has meant for me being almost hardly on social media at all this fall. Basically, since mid-September, I've very have spent very little time online unless I'm checking my email and just removing myself from the overstimulus to find some calm and find that less of a roller coaster feel, you know, even within a day. I think it takes a lot of intention because I think it's just there. If we tune into the channel of life, then it's going to feel like a roller coaster. So at least that's been my experience. Yeah. I think though, I think some people just roller coasters maybe go higher or do more loop de loops or something. That makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, but, <laughs> or maybe, I don't know. Anyway, should we jump into it? Sure. Together? Okay. Welcome to the Organic Gardener podcast today. I am just super excited because I have Andrea Catherine on the line to talk to us about nourishing our bodies and nourishing our food and giving us a little self-love. So welcome back. I haven't talked to you in forever, so I'm glad you're here today. Thank you, Jackie. It has been too long. I'm glad we, we got to do a little sneak video peek of each other today. which we <laughs> That was fun. We, good to see you in your workspace and both looking out over a little bit of snow. A little, little teeny bit of snow. <laughs> Should be a bunch of snow, it seems like, for December 9th. December 9th. Wow. It's like the days just, they're moving quicker than I am right now. <laughs> right? Well, what do you want to talk to us about today? Yeah, well, I'll start with the season since that's where we are. And I shared a little bit with you about the season for me being one about settling and reducing stimuli. <laughs> Um, I've had a lot of change in the last few months, which is partly why we haven't connected as regularly. Moving, lots of illness, um, some injuries. My family visited. I hosted a retreat. I went on a retreat. Started a new job in August, so still transitioning there. It's been a lot and a lot of really good things, but it's required a lot of energy. And so I've noticed that I've been sometimes consciously, sometimes not finding ways to just be without as much input and, and just enjoy what's already here. So for me, that looked like removing myself from social media a lot of the time. It's also looked like utilizing cookbooks as support instead of just having to be in this creative uh, mindset all of the time. It's also looked like not making as many plans and having Sundays have become my new work for myself day. And sometimes I don't leave the house you know, and I just do my thing. And really this kind of grounding, nesting, if you will, in the new place and settling in. And I think it actually suits the season, right? Because it's dry and a little windy at times. There's a lot going on. People are getting ready for traveling for the holidays or maybe just got back from traveling for Thanksgiving. There's a lot of sugar out there, right? There's this desire to be caffeinated all the time to make it through the day. And also, you know, when I do get on social media, I'm a little bit overwhelmed, you know, the, the ads for the season, you know, all the marketing is up and there's just a lot that we could take in. And so choosing to not opt out, but to opt like within instead of opting into all the chaos has been super important 
for me. And I think how that relates to nourishing food and nourishing our digestion and all the things we talk about on this show uh, when I'm here, we aren't, I think I've probably shared this before, we aren't just what we eat, we're what we digest, right? And if we're in this constant state of stimulus and we're feeling overwhelmed or we're feeling anxious or feeling behind or we're feeling stressed or rushed, our body goes into the sympathetic nervous system kicks in and we kind of, we can go into that fight or flight or survival mode. And when we go into that mode, our digestive system shuts down. It's not insignificant, right? Like, and I've actually noticed this at work. I've been trying to figure out when's the right time to eat. I work with teenagers basically from three to six thirty PM. I'm on, like, there's no option to like, if I right. absolutely, I can check my phone, but those three and a half hours, like I am fully engaged. So I need to be nourished before I go in. And I, you know, need to be calm by the time I'm ready to eat again. And so I've been trying to figure out how to navigate my day so that I'm not eating while I'm checking in with them. And I'm not eating right when I get home, when I'm still digesting that experience. So I'm trying to shift into having like a big meal around 1 or 2 p.m. and then maybe just some soup at night when I get home when I'm calm. And so that's been a shift for me, just noticing, observing, being really aware. And in order to do that, I have to kind of check out of all of the chaos going around. So I feel like that's really important to say and to share because this can be a season of overstimulus, like I mentioned, and also people handing us sweet things and inviting us to parties and um, handing us cocktails and all these things that um, we have to also digest and process. And if our body isn't used to, you know, eating a fourth meal because we've gone to a party or having that extra glass of wine or having three more cookies than normal, we're going to feel it physically in our bodies. And I think it's just something to be aware of this time. Well, and like Mike's been like cooking and baking like crazy because we always give out a lot of like cookies at this time of year because he's a great baker and people always like the cookie plates and having just cookies around or ones that didn't turn out that you find you have to eat or just like, you know how hard it is to resist cookies that come out of the oven when they're freshly baked to begin with? <laughs> the one thing Mike's been making that are just absolutely the best and are like, I go back and forth between, I think they're pretty healthy because they're his organic potatoes and he just kind of slices them like, so they kind of fan out and he calls them homemade French fries. And then I'll just drizzle some avocado oil on top of them. And you could sprinkle them with like rosemary or thyme or some kind of herbs, but we just put salt and pepper on them. But, oh my God, they're so good. And they're so easy. And I think they're pretty healthy. I mean, they're homegrown organic potatoes, as long as I just don't eat a bunch of them. But he made those the other day when the my I picked my grandkids up after high school and they came up here and they really liked them. They were, they were impressed. It was pretty funny. Awesome. We've been doing a lot of potatoes too. We had so many. From well, I think end. it's that root vegetable time of year. It is. And we just, we actually just went to a little gathering, little dinner party last night and we brought a sweet potato fries and we moved into this house and the oven runs anywhere from 25 to 100 degrees hot. And we're still trying to figure it out. So it depends kind of on, it seems to be more of like some kind of scale. Like if it's a, if, if you're trying to make it 250, then you need to turn it down to 225. But if you're trying to make it 400, then you need to turn it down to 300. And we burnt the first, first batch of rice. 
and then we made a second batch and made this like chipotle aioli sauce with it it was so good and so yeah potatoes for sure and all the root vegetables and all the squash too i think i mentioned before you know we got started here if you've got extra squash and you don't know what to do with it one it stores for a while which is pretty awesome but if you're wanting to use it, just the smaller, even a pie pumpkin you could do this with, or acorn squash or buttercup squash. Uh, you could do this with a uh, butternut squash, although butternut squash is so good, just either made into soup or chopped up or whatever. But those smaller squashes that when you slice them open have, you know, almost a semicircle where you could, it looks like a bowl, right? Use it like that. So you can, can slice it open, oil a baking dish, put those spaces down, bake at 350, the accurate 350. So in my oven, that's probably 275 or something for 45 minutes. And while you do that, you know, sauteing all the other things you're needing to use up vegetables. And I um, marinated some chickpeas and soy sauce and made this really delicious filling for the squash and that's been really fun too because it, it's almost this little harvest bowl right and the squash serves mm. as the bowl and the dinner as well yeah that sounds great and i like being able to use up all the things that you have to put into it and like so part of my garden course that I'm working on like lesson 12 is like you know cooking and I've always talked about having like a tricolor or a three color cookbook would be like my cookbook I would write someday and that sounds like it's got a lot of colors in it oh so beautiful the ones I made with acorn and buttercup squash so they were they tasted a little different from each other because of the squash the filling was the same but we had the really dark beets we had the chickpeas we added spinach so there's already like the tan color and the deep red and green and then the orange of the squash it was beautiful it really was beautiful it looks like a harvest meal and when you've got the beets and the spinach together it's also very festive for Christmas if you celebrate Christmas or this you know winter time of the year so yeah. even just bringing that, the colors together that's the kind of stimulus that we want right it's like the natural stimulus like in your food like if you're craving if you're craving Instagram, maybe go into your kitchen instead and see how you can stimulate your eyes with what you're making, right? Or what you're decorating your house with and have it be more tactile because then it can be a full experience of sound and touch and feel and, and what it feels like to put the food in your body and taste and smell. And I think that's really what we're craving this time of the year, but we're so sucked into this, this one-dimensional thing right on the screen and so we're two-dimensional and yeah. i hear you i was yesterday i was like googling um you know like easy homemade christmas ornaments and gift ideas and the one that one of the ones i liked the most was like this little baggie that you made for people that had an orange and a bunch of cranberries and some cinnamon and some cloves and so then when they got it what they did was like put it in I think it was like a potpourri that you would like, you know, put in hot water on your stove and make your house smell nice. Oh, that's nice. To be honest, I couldn't read the instructions, so I don't know. That's what I just figured I would do with it. <laughs> but it just looked like so, and I was like, you know, it was really pretty, like you were saying, with the natural colors and just kind of a calming to give somebody, it seemed like a nice thing to give somebody the scent of Christmas and uh, I don't know. That's awesome. And you could also use it to mull wine. Sure. Or like apple cider, right? 
apple cider exactly mm -hmm. adding those spices and, and warming up that drink is so it's like that aroma it's it just so inviting it's like being by a fire <laughs> right if you don't have a fireplace mull some cider or some wine sure <laughs> yeah I, it's been it's been a really interesting time of the year and i the other thing i didn't mention to you that i'm excited to do i still have all this flour from my farmer from brooke bohannon from look at good farm she mills her own flour and i have a bunch of flour that i need to use and want to use and i found this pasta homemade pasta making recipe and i like love the idea of making noodles i've only done it a couple of times just hand rolling and slicing and boiling and you know mike was telling me he's like because i've been trying to stay out of the carbs which has been really hard and he was he made macaroons today coconut macaroons to go in the cookie thing and then there's always leftover um eggs from those that he makes homemade noodles oh my god his homemade raviolis are to die for but he makes really good homemade noodles he's got a pasta maker do you have a pasta maker he makes it look really easy I the don't other thing he's been making are homemade whole wheat tortillas, which are so good. Yeah, well, and I have a lot of corn flour, so I'd actually like to do some corn tortillas and some polenta. So I have like blue corn flour and yellow corn flour, and I actually made the mistake of mixing some of them together, trying to figure out storage, and then I'm like, oh, this is going to look really interesting when I cook it. It's not going to be a pretty color, but uh, yeah, it's exciting to have all these these resources, and I think at this time of the year, it can be really easy to say, okay, well, the CSA is over, all the organic food in the store is coming out of state, unless you, you know, live somewhere where you can grow a lot of that food all year round. But to really look at what's in storage and to think about next year, okay, is there a way I can store some food or who is selling food year round? You know, there are like here in the Flathead Valley, Brooke has a second business, Wicked Good Produce, and she partners with farmers in the valley who they gather their food to sell to restaurants, but she also has things available throughout the winter. And yes, it's much less, right? Like for a while, it's just bitter greens and squash. And, you know, through the winter, it'll be mostly apples. But figuring out, is there somewhere that I can access some of those things? And then for me, that just up levels my gratitude to be connected. And it makes me super curious about what's gonna come in the new year. And I guess it's also, it can be a time to explore things from other places because there's less available here. But I, I like this time of the year because of that, you know, that it's, it's still changing, even though the garden isn't giving us all of these things every day that we can go out and pick, there's still a lot to work with. Yeah, and actually, I can still pick kale. Like, it's sitting out there frozen, but I've still been cooking it. It's getting a little chewier, um, but I've been sautéing it with, like, uh, I still have beets in my fridge, and um, I can't, the Swiss chard's pretty much gone, but there's still kale, these giant plants that are standing out there, and since they stand through the snow, if I just go down there, the leaves pick off, and I can still eat that, but... Um, Yep, there's not much coming out of my garden anymore. So now we're more into like Mike's canned. Like I've been eating a lot of pickled beets and his applesauce and um, green beans. He cans a lot of green beans. And then we have we have a lot of potatoes and carrots stored down in our pump house. But storage is definitely an issue that, um, you know, what's weird. They, I don't know who's growing it, but somewhere our health food store 
has been having organic fresh organic like lettuce and and it says locally grown so i don't know if somebody up here has like an indoor greenhouse um or where they're getting it yeah check out check out the bag or ask them i'm super curious who that is it's not in a bag it's like you know like it's on their produce shelf like you know like regular lettuce with like a wrapper around it that doesn't it just says locally grown in like a bucket oh yeah i'd be really curious who who that is you know i wanted to say something when we were talking about like sweets and pasta and all of that and you know when we look at the year and i've mentioned ayurveda on the show and kind of what happens with the seasons and this being like this cold dry rough mobile season if there ever was a time to eat gluten or to eat sweet it would be this season but i guess my encouragement and my challenge is that all things sweet and heavy and nourishing don't have to come from processed sugar or processed flour and to experiment substituting in some different grains different flours in your cookies this year and satisfying that sweet tooth with some of the things we were talking about like that squash recipe is full of sweet flavor it's not sugar right but it's gonna it will meet that need that that desire that taste for sweet the squash itself the beets the caramelized onions all of those things are gonna they're gonna pop that spot on the tongue that is wanting sweet so i guess i just want to offer that to like that craving for sweet that we have this time of year it's not off or out of place or false we don't need to punish ourselves for wanting sweetness but to try making the the glutinous things and the sweet things with more natural ingredients less processed ingredients can be a fun challenge yeah I found this new podcast while well, I was telling you about the Amy Porterfield online classes and she like was recommending this podcast. It's called lose a hundred pounds. But the main theory that this woman talks about is planning your day and, and thinking about, um, you know, what you're going to eat. And if you're going to eat sweets, just like, I don't know, it's something about planning the next 24 hours and like, you know, just admit it, but be like, I'm only going to eat one cookie or I'm only going to eat this one thing. And she's really into, which like, I'm completely not successful with because I never plan anything. Planning is not one of my better strategies. I don't know where I came with up with that. But the other thing I was going to say is that, um, the food babe, she has this 21 day sugar detox and that like the only way to survive that is by eating a lot of yams and sweet potatoes and getting your sweets in i felt like for me anyway when i tried it that i think it's really i mean that's healthy we're not made to our, our tongues and our bodies are designed to crave that sweet that glucose because that's what our brain lives on right there's a reason that it's there but we've taken that flavor and we reduced it to this processed these processed ingredients that don't nourish us right they just meet that craving and then they do the opposite of nourishment right so it's not false and yeah i think that's really great and i want to say one thing about planning and um i'm feeling like we might be getting to our time here this has been really fun even if you open your fridge in the morning or you look in your pantry in the morning and you think what's one thing i can do today to make sure i feel nourished and i feel good about what i eat 
and you decide, oh, I'm going to use the rye flour instead of the, you know, bleached white flour when I make my pasta, or I'm going to chop up these vegetables so that they're ready tomorrow when I have a busy night and I'm tempted to eat out and I have those instead. That's planning. Like that's an ample amount of planning, right? And we can give ourselves credit for even just starting to do that brainstorm and have a little bit of strategy. And I don't know how that lands for you, Jackie, but I struggle with it too. Like unless I'm, unless I've got a really strict thing that I'm following, which is very rare, like a couple times a year, I'll do a cleanse and it's like, all right, this is how I'm living these couple of weeks. Or if I decide, you know, I'm not going to do sugar for a few weeks, if, unless I have a rule, it's difficult for me to plan as well. Like I need accountability, but if I can give myself permission to just look at my calendar and be like, all right, when today is it going to be easiest for me to prepare food? And when is it going to be most difficult? And how can I make sure that I'm getting what I need? Like that can be enough planning. Um, you know, I, the one thing, so what I've been trying to do, it's kind of goes along with my New Year's resolutions. I've decided I'm never making New Year's resolutions again. Instead, at this time of year, I'm going to go through and write down all the things I did accomplish. I did this That's last awesome. year, like, cause I have like book, like every year, every time I get a new journal, practically like the back page goes to my New Year's resolutions and they never get done. They never get done. I never like, maybe I'll wipe off one or two. I never get resolutions. So I don't know why I even like last year I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to write down those things. I'm going to write down all the things I did do. And I try to come up with 12, like one for each month mm -hmm. if I can. But the, so with this 24 hour plan thing, like I haven't really focused on, but what I have been saying is like, I'm going to eat at least one piece of fruit every day. So I get like, I'm really trying to focus on getting a lot of healthy fiber, you know, like fruit skins or potato peels or like trying to get more pears and apples and bananas even into my day. Like, cause for me, fruit, like I never eat fruit. I'm not a big, I have to really force myself. So I'm really trying to focus on eating one piece of fruit a day at least and then drinking more water and it's just got to be a gradual but like you said you got to have like I don't know like part of me is like I just have to give up sugar straight across the board like no sugar no alcohol no carbs like just straight across because every time I keep trying I'm like not succeeding so I don't know what the answer for me is but my listeners probably don't want to hear about my diet problems anyway <laughs> you know what I, I'm not saying that you, you need to share anymore but I think that's that's what's so powerful about listening to these shows. I think for me, like I love hearing people's stories and being able to say, oh, I identify with that. Like, oh, I'm not the only one struggling with that. And I think it's significant. Oh, so thank cool. You. Okay. And um, I guess to wrap up, I was in the grocery store the other day and I had a, a really interesting interaction with the cashier. I was shopping for, I was doing Chinese food, cooking workshop with teenagers. And the person in front of me bought like two big, bottles of barefoot chardonnay you know that white wine and the cashier yeah like, i love that stuff <laughs> the cashier was like oh i can't do that i can't have sugar and they make they make everything sugar free even sweetened condensed milk but they've yet to make alcohol sugar free and i just it was like the funniest moment i was trying really hard to keep it together because she was really serious you know and um it's just that you know how our body will digest things in, in this in craving that we we have and it was just a really funny moment so I hear you on all of that and I, I think it'll be interesting to connect in the new year maybe we can share our accomplishments list I think that's super valuable right because if we are only 
grieving what we haven't done and beating ourselves up or like striving or, or ignoring that and just striving and striving and striving, we don't ever get to that place of rest. And some of that sweet craving that we think is just about taste is also about how we take care of ourselves. It's also about how we affirm ourselves, how we clothe ourselves, how we rest our bodies, how we connect with other people. And so I think that accomplishment list can be really powerful it can it can really feed our soul to say oh yeah like i am showing up for myself i i do have value i can accept the compliment that someone else gave me and i think as women sometimes that can be really difficult so thanks for sharing that strategy sure well yeah and that it's interesting because that lady on that podcast she talks a lot about like so amy talked about she'd lost 59 pounds since march and she said that but what she one of the things she did was she hired the woman to be her coach she was like i gotta have a coach walk me through it and she said that the majority of their conversations are really about the emotions of eating and take out a lot of what you're saying you know and just um she said they don't really actually talk about what foods she does eat, but they did talk about a salad bar and prepping the food kind of like you mentioned. So, um, cool. so I've been trying to do that too. I just think, I, I just, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I could say a lot of things about it. So <laughs> well, right, one the- good thing that I did do this year is like, well, I haven't done it yet and I'm still working on it, but like my goal was to walk 365 miles, walk or run a combination of them in 2018. And I am like 50 miles away from hitting that, <laughs> which is, oh, I don't know. A part of me was like, oh, I got this when December came and I was like, I only need 65 miles. That's only two miles a day. I got that easy. But then when I look back at the year, I don't have one month where I walked over 40 miles was the most that I did in any one month. And most of them are 30 or less. So I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. And here it is the ninth already. Like I'm really going to have to. Because I think I still need 40 miles and I only have 20 days left. Wow. But it's close enough. Like, you know, if like, because my highest walking before this was 265 miles. So at least I did better. You did. That's an accomplishment. And you still have time. And I do. Cool. Thanks, Jackie. I'm I'm really excited to be connected with you again. Cool. You too. Uh, Well, anything else did you want to tell listeners? Well, let's see. Uh, I would love to share that I had an amazing fearless self-love retreat here in the Valley in October at Dancing Spirit Ranch. It was incredibly successful. There were 15 women who spent, we spent five days together really exploring some of the things we're talking about now, like how to nourish ourselves beyond the food and how to show up for ourselves, how to notice our accomplishments, all of those things. And it was an incredible connected experience. We got to move our bodies. We got to cook together. We got to take walks in nature and also looked at Brene Brown's Daring Way curriculum. And we've booked our next retreat for Dancing Spirit Ranch for next year, November 6th through 10th. And if you are interested in that retreat, you can email hello at fearlessselflove.com. And I have yet to update the website with the new dates, but we have booked them and we're really excited. So, and we're offering, you know, if you put your deposit in by the end of December, you can save a hundred dollars. So reach out if you're interested, it'll be really great to connect more if this piece that we've been talking about 
beyond the food, if you will, is interesting to you. Excellent. Well, cool. I meant to ask you about that, how that all went. So I'm glad to hear it came out good. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk again. So we're going to try to only do this once a month instead of once a week, right? Yeah. That's going to work better now that I'm working four full days a week and really trying to listen to my own teachings and <laughs> take some time to myself. So yeah. I totally understand. All right. Well, thanks for coming on today and sharing all your wisdom. Absolutely. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Hey there, green future growers. Would you like your friends and neighbors to create an organic oasis too? Would you like others in your area to learn about earth-friendly practices for their gardens and yards? If so, we would love it if you would share the Organic Gardener podcast with your local community or college radio station today. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.